Hey everybody, it is Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Story Church Project. I'm I'm really excited because I get to sit down today. This is a this is a bonus episode um because I've been doing podinars on the podcast and I don't usually upload videos, so this is a unique scenario. Uh, but I wanted to introduce all of you guys to the wonderful face behind the artwork of the road or journey through the narrative of scripture if you guys have been paying attention lately the second edition has actually just released uh and for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast you won't you won't be seeing that but the second edition has just released and uh i just decided man let's let's get andrew carroll who is the the art and the skill and and the beauty that has gone into making this book uh what it is um, let's let's get him on here. Let's talk to him. Let's meet him. Let's let's find out um, what was going on in his mind when he designed some of this really amazing stuff. It absolutely blew my mind. So, Andrew, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, welcome. Welcome to. Uh, yeah, I usually say welcome to the podcast, but this is also a video, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Well, thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad we finally got to do this interview. Like, hey, I thought we would do something like this after the first edition was released. But uh, absolutely. No, you know what, man? I've been. I've been beating myself up for that. I'm like, why? Why did I wait till the second edition? Like, there was no legitimate reason. Uh, it just didn't don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll gladly do that for you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> this this whole uh, book has been a process, and I know you've learned a lot from it. I've learned a lot from the whole conforming to Amazon's printing standards, and you know, trying to find the right publisher, and um, yeah, just working yeah. through all the the details of, okay, does this look right? And is this text yeah. the way we want it? And so not just in the, the art side of it, but the typesetting, you know, what we would call actually putting the, the layout together and making the, the actual text of the, of the, the publication look correct. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. It has been a massive journey for the second edition. I think, I think it was clear we had our groove because it was way faster. It was like, boom, boom, boom. But for the first edition, man, it was back and forth, back and forth. We'd fix something and then Amazon would write with another error and then we'd fix that and then they'd write again. It was a nightmare. This time it happened a little bit, but nowhere near as bad. But before yeah. we jump into that, before we jump yeah. into that, there's a lot to explore there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the legend of Andrew Carroll and um, just your life and your faith. And um, yeah. Sure, sure. The legend of Andrew Carroll. You have a great uh, voice. Fire Nation you could totally be like a radio voice guy. <laughs> oh, I, I I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was just doing some uh, a voiceover thing for a friend. Um, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I currently live in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, and I have an interesting story because of when I got into ministry. It was a very in a very different way. I had actually I did not grow up a an Adventist. Um, I know a lot of your listeners here are Seventh-day Adventist. And so I came into the Adventist church when I was uh, just finishing up high school and, you know, transitioning to my college years and did a lot of learning. Um, but then when I graduated college, I, I went through a uh, health crisis and that really helped me to take things more seriously with life. And okay, uh, it was not a very good time in the economy, uh, 2008, 2009. So there was a lot of uncertainty in, in terms of uh, what was going on there for me. So I didn't like, Hey, I can't find a job. Uh, uh, so I decided to do a summer of canvassing. I kind of put out my fleece and said, okay, God, where do you want me to be? And so I finally landed with this ministry here in Allentown where I am currently, I've kind of stayed around. Um, since then, but yeah, I've, I've, I got involved with this ministry that started up a community center and got really active in 
the local volunteering scene because of that. Um, and so, yeah, I helped to start this community center that eventually became a church, and we've since handed it off to another group. But 2012 to 2016, 17, 18, um, very active in this community center that focused on serving other people with, you know, immediate temporal needs and being an active force for God in, in, in this community. And, you know, it's Center City, Allentown. It's uh, most of the, <laughs> the population is uh, Spanish first speakers. And that was a, uh, you know, it was a challenge, but luckily, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, second and third generation people who were speaking English and I could, you know, it worked out. But yeah, I learned so much um, through that experience. I was actually rebaptized because of it, because like, hey, wow, oh yeah, <laughs> I understand why you know how this all works, and you know the Holy Spirit empowers you for ministry, and and so all through that, through that experience, I had you know graduated from college with a degree in graphic design. It uh, helped me to, you know, it was kind of in the back of my mind because I was I'd obviously switching to doing more type of Bible work type uh, ministry, um, service-oriented ministry, I was able to use my graphic design skills uh, to just kind of slowly build my own business and center around, okay, I can actually use my skills, as Paul would say, a, a tent-making ministry for myself. And as the pandemic years set on, because <laughs> now it's becoming <laughs> yeah. years, not just one year, yeah, <laughs> um, it's um, it's taken on a whole life of its own because I've been able to focus more on uh, setting up my business, um, doing graphic design full time, making it part of uh, more actively part of you know my everyday uh, ministry because I do I do end up working with a lot of churches, ministries, individuals that are are you know ministry and service uh, adjacent and being able to to serve them to to you know still get the 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 gospel out there but in in a vicarious secondhand kind of way i guess yeah that's awesome man and and we're going to talk about this a little bit more uh, later on toward the end but your company 42 designs is your graphics yeah 42 design co i that's yeah. what I'm going by now. <laughs> yeah, 42 Design Co. Yeah, so if you Google that, you'll find a lot of Andrews. And you know what? Honestly, Andrew, I, I don't even fully remember how we got plugged together because I had been designing this Bible study set for about five years, and, and then I was looking for a designer. And I don't know if you remember. Like, did, I think someone might have put me on to you, but we had already somehow brushed, rubbed shoulders at some point before. Yeah, I don't and, exactly and I think remember I just because we're not, we're not exactly uh, driving distance from each other. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. being here in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I think it was a mutual friend, and then, you know, they had said something. I don't, I don't actually yeah. remember who. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think I, 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 think I recall it was, it was, yeah, it was most likely a, a mutual friend. And then I just kind of contacted you and said, hey, here's my idea, here's my vision, and yeah. we started working on it and, uh, and, and got to where we are now. And, and I have to say, man, I, I say this jokingly, but, I, um, but at the same time, I do think there's truth to it, that as proud as I am of the content of this Bible study, um, obviously when people are out there and they're going to purchase something, uh, they're not going to see the content. What they're going to see is the cover. And I honestly think this cover that you designed, man, this thing is like so slick and so sexy and so beautiful. I think this is the reason why so many people have like bought the book, man. It's like, whoa, look at that. I'm getting it. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for designing such, such a beautiful cover. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. 
That's now I was actually nice. We were in conversation for a while about what, what are we going to make the cover? So let, let's, let's focus on the cover a little bit. Cause a lot of people have asked me questions about this. Cause we were in conversation mm. for a while about what are we going to do cover wise? And I kept throwing ideas at you and then you'd put them together and I'd be like, no, nah, that's not really. And then you just said, Hey, look, let me throw something together. And you threw this sketch together and you sent it to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that looks good. Keep, and I actually showed the sketch to my wife as well. And she was like, okay. yeah, I like that. Um, so I said, yeah, go for it. And then you just came back with this glorious <laughs> geometric shape paneled depiction of the great controversy beginning to end. And as soon as you sent me the, the final, like your, your, your draft file, I showed it to my wife and she was like, wow, I would buy that book with that cover. Um, and I honestly think that's what most people have done when, they, when they've gotten a copy. So w walk us through the cover. Um, what were you thinking when you, because you did this thing from scratch, you, you know, like sometimes a lot of artists have like things in the background, but you, you, you sketched this from scratch and then, and then put it together. So walk us through, yeah, what, what kind of was the heart behind this, this design? You, yeah, you really let me loose on just the whole creative process and not, you gave me some parameters. You, we understood the content and that there would be these uh, six key points that you wanted to touch on or represent and make it, you know, attractive, make it interesting, make it engaging. So, okay, what, what, how can we represent these? Okay, well, here's some, here's these shapes and okay, what's the best way, you know, what are the, what are the best shapes to use for these key points of the earth's history, basically, because each, each shape, uh, I tried to get to match the content of what was going on. Okay, so we've got these six key shapes and they're repeated in the design in other ways. And I, and I gave myself some other parameters with the, just the, the shape language or, you know, the angles that I'm using. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going to constrain myself there so that, you know, I'm giving myself some rules on how to proceed with the look of things. So very geometric, maybe even somewhat like polygonal, the parameters that you gave me, and you know, working through that, okay, how can I, how can we portray this history of man, this lineage of our human history from the creation of the world through, uh, you know, the the biblical fall uh, up into, you know, the restoration. And so each each of these key points was represented by a shape. You've got the circle for the creation of man and humanity at the beginning. You've got this downward pointing triangle for the fall of humanity, the fall of, um, of heaven in heaven. And then you've got the upward facing triangle, you know, because of the cross and redemption. And so you'll see that there's Moses on, on one side and, uh, Jesus on the other side preaching and then the cross in the middle. And then the square is very structured and you've got, you know, the, as far as the progress of time and the uh, Daniel two statue in there next, you've got the, the Pentagon, the five-sided uh, shape with the progression of the, the gospel during the Protestant movement during the final days. You know, I've, I was thinking about those uh, chapters in the great controversy for those and uh, you know, three angels in there hidden and um, you know, Jesus coming as King. And then finally, the the restoration of all things with this diamond shape at the top and it's kind of like the combination of the the two triangles the downward and the upward you know coming together and uh you know meeting again 
And so I did the initial sketches for these. And I was like, hmm, how can I make this more succinct? And what are the key scenes that we can hit on that would visually kind of communicate, you know, what we understand as the, the key moments in our understanding of prophecy. And so I had, I had a lot of fun uh, doing this piece. Absolutely, man. And there's so much depth in this image as well. In each of the panels, you've captured so much depth in each of and on all of the imagery going all the way up that you, you could seriously sit down with someone with this image and walk them through the overarching narrative of scripture in each of those panels. It's just absolutely brilliant. In fact, for those of you guys who are watching, um, you can, you, if, you, if you go to the storychurchproject.com, you go to the store link. Um, so the storychurchproject.com slash store. There's some links there for Andrew's online store where you can actually get this in poster format. You can get it on t-shirts. Uh, it's a, just a great sharing tool. You could even get it. I'm pretty sure you can get it like a, like, like an iPhone cover or something. Um, yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff. You can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff. But it's just um, really brilliantly laid out. Like, I, I think my favorite in this whole thing is the upward triangle with the cross. Because I love how you captured, um, you know, that you've got Moses there. You know, he's leading the people of Israel into this new experience. And, and then you've got Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is doing the same thing, right? He's leading this new Israel into a new experience. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like the contrast is just so dope, man. Like, I just absolutely love it. Um, and, and I also love how each of the panels has some, like, little stairs leading to the next one. So there's an interconnectedness in, in the entire narrative. From the very first one, if, if you look closely, you'll see there's a set of steps that lead on the right-hand side from that first panel to the second. And then top left, there's another set of stairs that lead all the way up until we arrive at the new kingdom. Um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted it to feel like this little world or almost, almost like this diorama, this hmm. uh, little, like this box. And that's why it's got these columns on the side or this uh, grotto feel, I guess you could say, where it's recessed and like this is an actual physical space. Like if you can imagine this as like something that would sit on your shelf, uh, like a physical object. So rather than just think, thinking of this as like an illustration, it's like, okay, if this was a real thing, like if these were like little miniatures and figurines, then, you know, how, how would you kind of walk through it visually and, you know, tell this story? And, and that was the fun part of like figuring out how this all kind of fit together and, and, uh, you know, in the same way that, you know, you'll feel excitement from completing like a puzzle on a video game, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of what the same, yeah. I guess, feeling that I can describe. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I love it. So, you know, for those of you guys listening, if any of you are ever in need of graphic design work for your ministry, Andrew's not only obviously a brilliant graphic designer, he also has the theological depth to design art that communicates some of those really eccentric and beautiful aspects of the biblical story. And for me, that's a massive win because that was the thing that I was looking for as I, as I was decided to publish this set. I was like, okay, I, I know I want a graphic designer who's good, but it also needs to be someone who understands the, the, the beauty of scripture's narrative so that that can get captured. And, and that transcends mere artistic skill, right? That, that requires someone who's like reads their Bible and understands the theology and, and the beauty of it. So, so yeah, guys, highly recommended. Definitely. If you need some, you know, church artwork done, Andrew's your guy, 42 design co we're nowhere near done though. That sounds like an exit, but it's not, I got a yeah, question. No, for no. Like, what are, you, are you wrapping up, bro? We just no, no, here. not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Man. You know, so, I want to so, make a comment on, sure. <laughs> on the, the church art, you know, a tip for, for aspiring, um, 
logo planning sessions for your church, the best idea is usually not your first idea. So if you saw this in a vision and you're like, oh, for our church logo, we're going to have an angel, three angels. Wow. Great. Um, yeah. <laughs> usually it's not the best idea is your, is your first idea. It takes some time to think about things. As far as logo design goes, <laughs> I've done so many crosses and Bibles and flames. And there's just this repetitious language that, you know, is saturated the logo market for, for churches and, you know, the, the branding and identities for churches. So yeah, it really takes a little bit more effort than to, you know, do the kind of very common symbols that you'll see. So you don't always, you don't always want to go with that type of imagery. And that's where it takes a, you know, creative person, uh, mm -hmm. you know, taking time to sit down and discover, okay, what are the, what are the values that we have at our church? What are the things that we want to communicate to the community? Because if you're just going to do a cross or a flame or, you know, something like that, then there's, there's got to be a reason behind it. And it's got to be a good reason. You know, it's like saying uh, service is our number one commitment. You know, a company, every, of course, service and quality is like, that's not even like really a thing that companies need to tell you. If they're telling, if they're telling you that that's their number one priority, then they haven't really sat down and thought about what their actual values are for their company. It's like, well, you're a plumber. We understand why you exist. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for a church, but for a church, it's, you know, you, you sit down, you talk with somebody who's going to help you understand why your church exists, why your community service or, you know, whatever type of organization you're, you're running um, mm -hmm. so that that is communicated in your, your design. And really, if you're not spending time and effort and funding on graphic design, in this day and age, I'd, I'd second guess your, your commitment to ministry because that's how you're communicating to people. Yeah, yeah. That's so true, man. And I love that you said that because, yeah, there, there is a certain level of like churchy imagery that's just become cliche. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like a platitude, almost like a visual platitude. It's so expected. But if you sit down and do the work of like identifying, yeah, like you're not just your why in terms of the stuff everybody expects you to say, but digging really deep into like why you're doing what you're doing and why you're saying what you're saying and what it is you're trying to communicate. Uh, you can develop imagery that is going to be unique, that will catch people's attention. It's not oversaturated. It's not worn out. Um, it will be unique, but likewise, um, deeply, deeply rooted in, in your faith experience. And yeah, that's, that's, I think for me, I've, I really feel like so much of our experience putting this book together and we'll, we'll get into some of the imagery on the inside of the book as well. Um, but a lot of that was, was rooted in this desire to say, how do we not merely create a Bible study set with artwork that has been rehashed time and time again, because mm -hmm. this Bible study set isn't actually designed for people who've grown up in church. It is a Bible study set that was designed to journey through scripture with people who don't have a church background. And one of the things I found with a lot of my friends um, and people I've known through the years as a pastor who come to church and they're seeking and they're searching and they're not necessarily church cultured. It might be secular. It might be someone who's not familiar with, with, you know, Christianese or Adventist or any of that. Mm -hmm. um, I have found that the artwork can be very off-putting. Like the artwork that, that we take for granted because we're so used to seeing it, you know, the, the phantasmagorical beasts and all this stuff. Like we're so used to seeing that that it's very easy for us to take it for granted. But I'll give you just a quick example. I had a, a guy attending one of the churches I pastored a few years ago. Um, he was a secular Buddhist. 
And for those of you who don't know what a secular Buddhist is, it's basically someone who practices the meditative practices of Buddhism, but they don't subscribe to the cosmology or the metaphysics or religion overall. Right. All, uh, so they just kind of use it as a practical, yeah, they do mindfulness and things like that, but they, they don't really buy into the, the broader sort of metaphysical themes. Um, so he's a secular Buddhist, but he, he started coming to our church because he was like, oh, I heard you guys are vegan. I'm vegan too. And, you know, I think that's cool. I just wanted to see what you guys are about. Mm -hmm. So he lasted two months and then he stopped coming. And I went and caught up with him and I'm still discipling him to this day. We're still friends. He doesn't go to that church anymore, but we're still, we're still exploring Jesus. And, and I went and caught up with him and I asked him like what happened. And, you know, he, he, he was sharing with me and then it really hit me because he said, one of the things that really made him decide uh, I'm not going to keep coming is somebody at the church gave him a book. And of course they meant well, right? They wanted to share, you know, mm -hmm. the, what was something that was meaningful to them. They gave him this book and he opened the book and he was immediately confronted with this very old school religious artwork. Um, very sort of, you know, 1950s airbrushed, um, sort of, you right, know, right. Um, Anglo, Anglo American type artwork. And he sees all these beasts from Daniel Revelation and he sees people in hell in flames. And he doesn't have the filter as a secular person to, to interpret that, like someone who grew up in church would. So as soon as he saw that artwork, he said, I don't think I want to associate with these people anymore. That's all it took, man. And some people would look at that and say, wow. oh, then he wasn't really serious about his walk with God. Not true, because I'm still discipling him. And he's very serious. He's still really interested. He just yeah. decided at that moment, while I'm still interested in God, I don't think these are the people I want to be around. And it was the, the art in this book was one of the main catalysts. So artwork is huge, man. Like it, it plays a big role in communicating uh, your, your mood, your style, your, the, the energy that you bring to a conversation, the angles that you're, you're, you're sharing, whether you're enthusiastic or, or, or cynical, all of that can be communicated in your art. Um, so I want to get into some of the stuff that we did on the inside that's also unique in terms of Bible study, guys. But before we do that, I had a spicy question for you. Um, mm. <laughs> before, before we move away from the cover, I have a spicy question that I have got to ask you. <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready for the spicy question? Yeah, hit me up. All right, man. Here's the spicy question um, from, from the cover. So I would like for you, Mr. Andrew Carroll, um, to... <laughs> It's so it's hard for me to ask this question because I don't want to legitimize the stupidity behind the question. <laughs> okay, okay, here's the deal. I'm just gonna put it out there. So there's been quite a few trolls who jump on, uh, you know, the road advertisements or whatever, and their immediate response is, "That cover looks satanic or pagan." Um, <laughs> so, what? Andrew, are you a satanist or a pagan? Intent on. <laughs> intent on leading the church astray. <laughs> I was a I was a plant all along. No, no. This is <laughs> of course this is ridiculous and I can see why you're so <laughs> uh so you know, concerned about our uh, whatever. Man, this is this is the type of thing that you just kind of laugh at and brush aside and like okay, I'll yeah, I'll pray for this person once. Yeah. Um once you get experience with the internet and just these types of comments in general, when you start being a little bit more active on social media and you get popular enough, I guess, to, or, you know, just rubbing shoulders with enough <laughs> people, you, you, you'll just automatically start finding these comments. And, you know, I've done, yeah. I've done a devotional series on, on TikTok and, you know, and other formats and like people, I got the same types of response. Oh, this is, you know, don't don't be reading this on online brother because people this is they were they were trying to lead people astray you know secretly and like i mean you know secretly like were yeah. were you with them were you in league 
<laughs> it's that type of thing is they ridiculous. Were, they were at the meeting, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's and you know, like sometimes you know, I I think there's often different things that prompt people to do that. Sometimes mm -hmm. people just have mental illness and and they see shapes and paganism yeah. and everything up inside. Um, but you know, it's I just decided, you know what, let's go ahead and throw something spicy in there just to make this a little bit controversial. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. it is it is absolutely ridiculous, and I think anyone who took the time to really look at the imagery here would see would see it's all yeah. scripture you know and the thing is all the, the thing is there's only so many ways that you can depict something and because <laughs> of the style of the artwork it's simple it's geometric like well i can't just throw a bunch of lines on there and if i would just draw a bunch of random lines somebody could see a 666 in there somewhere you know somehow yeah. And it would be, you know, I'm seeing Jesus and toast and my Cheetos and, you know, whatever, like, like that kind of thing. And yes, yes. I mean, these, so these are, these are basic. I don't know even what that comment was towards. Like, is it because of the shapes? Like, is it because I'm trying to depict scenes from the Bible? Like, is that in the yeah. satanic Bible too? Like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but you know, there's. I wanted to make it very clear what each of these things represent. I could have done it with color. Like I could have used red for the first part, blue, you know, green. Mm -hmm. We, we decided to, we wanted to stay very simple. So we, we kept it in black and white. And then I, you know, I'd limit, like I was saying, I lim limited myself with the type of shape language and the style that we wanted to, to stay within so that, you know, cause at first we, we did in our first drafts, we did make it in color and I, we were exploring um, those, that type of, uh, avenue where, okay, how far can we push it? And then you were like, no, no, man, we gotta, we gotta make it even simpler. We gotta keep it even, uh, you know, we gotta pull it back even more. And then once it came to the cover, it's like, okay, I understand the rest of the book where we're going to go. So I can have all of these, uh, parameters to work within. And that's, I mean, that's part of the, just the design process. Actually, sometimes the more parameters that you have, the better you understand what the, you know, end product is, is going to look like. So yeah, the, all those, all those. <laughs> and, look, question. <laughs> and look, anytime I get a comment like that, and, I, and I've had like quite that. a few, um, I've had quite a few, but anytime I get a comment like that, I just like, I honestly, I just delete it right away. I don't even engage it. Um, the bottom line is that at least for me, as the person who wrote the content and who had the target audience in mind, I knew that this Bible study set wasn't for churchy people. Mm -hmm. And so if it makes someone who's like deeply churchy uncomfortable, that's okay with me because it's not for you, right? I designed this Bible study set specifically for journey and through scripture with secular friends, most of whom when they get into spirituality are not looking to church for their answers, right? So I wanted the artwork to be something that they would look at and be intrigued by it and not, not turned off by it. And the, the downside or, or the unfortunate reality is a lot of times the things that we as churchy folk find really appealing and really cool um, and I'm thinking more in like traditional terms here, um, like we like it and nobody else does, you know? And so yeah. uh, for me, it was like, how do we create something that I can bring this, I can give this to my friend who's like totally unchurched and maybe he's into new age or maybe he's into nothing. Maybe he's just an atheist and, but they're curious and they want to explore it. And I can give them a resource that they don't look at and want to puke or want to run away. Like my friend at the other church, you know, right. um, cause I guarantee you, none of the artwork in that book that scared him off would have made anybody in that church feel odd. Right. Mm. Um, and so that's the thing that's, you know, I, I, we wanted to make sure that whatever the end product was, it would be something that when someone who was not, did not have our background at all, got it in their hands, 
it would be like, okay, I'm intrigued by this. I, I, I'm, I'm keen right. to explore this. Yeah. I definitely, and that's something I definitely wanted to do. Like, okay, this is intriguing. How can I make this intriguing? And I think the simplistic nature of the design really, you know, submits to that fact that, um, you know, people are just going to be naturally curious. Like, oh, there's these shapes and these, the scene. And, you know, and when, once I was done with it, I was like, hmm, this kind of does have little hints of, uh, it can seem esoteric in nature. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, the nature of God is esoteric, you know, but we'll, we still strive to understand it and it's mysterious. And, and there's a mystery of God in revelation 10, seven that talks about being completed. And that's, you know, that's one of my favorite passages, but the whole nature of God is just even more mysterious than any of this yeah. could ever be, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Let's move on to some other things because, uh, you yeah. know, spicy question, spicy question, but I don't want to spend too much time on that because there's also some, some really um, interesting things that I want to uh, explore in terms of the inside of the design. One of the main things that um, I wanted to avoid, which is what I shared with you when, when we first started this journey together, and I thought that you met this challenge brilliantly. I, I wanted a minimalistic design. I wanted something clean and elegant, but there was a philosophical reason behind that, and I wanted mm -hmm. to avoid the sort of uh, phantasmagorical hyperbolic theatricals especially as we get into prophecy we we tend to depict you know these things in a way that um really emphasizes the doom and gloom side of things and you know the sort of fearfulness or horror <laughs> you know the yeah. haunting of, of that stuff um and so that's one of the elements that i wanted to steer away from while still depicting obviously the artwork but doing it in a way that was like, okay, like here's a, here's a, here's a visual representation, but we're going to keep this minimal and clean and elegant so that we don't get too wrapped up in the hyperbolic stuff and lose sight of the main story that's being told here, which is all about Jesus. And I thought you met that really, really well. I don't know if you have some examples on there. If not, I can just flip the page. So here's the actual print file. Here's the design file that I've got up. And so for the second edition, we wanted to... We said, you know what, the, 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 we didn't capitalize enough on the cover illustration and the elements that it has. So we wanted to bring it up more within the interior just because like, oh, this is, this is much more attractive than we realized. Um, and so we repeated some of those elements throughout. And so we've got the uh, recapitulation, a recap on the interior page. And then throughout, um, you know, we, here's these uh, symbols again restating the, you know, the, the goal, the, the milestones throughout the book. But then, yeah, definitely did some other illustration work here with just uh, explaining some of the, the basic concepts. And, and again, you know, it was really, really a challenge, but also fun to, you know, come up with this one in particular, how to <laughs> visualize <laughs> quantum entanglement, quantum super. Yeah, yeah. You say quantum before everything. Uh, how to how to keep these within the style and that's right. Yeah, and I think so. you did, and I thought you did an absolutely brilliant job there. And by the way, if anyone hasn't gotten this study set and you're, see, and you're seeing this and you're like, wow, quantum entanglement superposition, this study set is going to be like for the academics. It's <laughs> actually not. Um, I introduced this really briefly in the very first lesson where we're talking about the Trinity yeah. and the mystery behind the Trinity and how our own universe has really mysterious things we struggle to explain. And so I use uh, in the very next page an example of these things. I give an illustration to depict them. That's so oversimplified, my physics friends might actually puke when they read it, but it's not for physics students. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, anyways, then, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we've got other little motifs that pop up in mm. this same. I've, and then I picked like a general like frame to use throughout the book for these. What is this, an octagon? 
you know, just to, where, where it's needed to, to explain some concepts. Uh, first atom, second atom. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is like, I just absolutely adore how you designed the Daniel 2 statue, man. It's just like, <laughs> it's so well done, man. Like Daniel 2 statue is one of those symbols, particularly in Adventist milieu, that is just like really cliche. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, you see it yeah. all the time. How do you, and it's just like, how do you, how do you depict this? Yeah. It's a dead I, I think you nailed it, bro. I think you nailed it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, we did some. So here beasts. we start getting into some of the yeah. beasts. Yeah, yeah. The more classical type of uh, illustrations that we see. And you know what? It's, it's very interesting because, you know, a lot of, there are artists recreating that type of uh, old 50s style of artwork. I mean, updating it. Mm -hmm. so that it looks uh, maybe more so in modern techniques. But generally, it's like within the same, you know, ballpark. And, you know, I still got to give my props to those artists because, you know, it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Certain people aren't going to be attracted to that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you just have to kind of like, oh, well, I guess we have to make effort to reach the audience that we, we you know, we're shooting for. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, I think also like deeply embedded in the, like the sort of the philosophical foundation of the road is the absolute centrality of Jesus. And, and a lot of times we get carried away with the beasts and stuff and they become the sort of like the, the, the icons of the narrative that we're pushing when it's like, well, look, it's not really about them. It's about Christ. So let's depict them and let's visualize them, but let's allow them to remain in their proper space, which isn't, you know, the center. And so oftentimes when I see the beast being represented in such a, again, phantasmagorical sense, it's almost like we're trying to call all the attention to that. Um, and so part of approaching this in a minimalistic sense was to say they're not the center, you know? So we want to understand them, we want to depict them, but we want to make sure that they don't take center stage. I love how you did this as well, man. The 70 weeks, 490 years. This is such a difficult chapter to do because this is like the most complicated <laughs> Bible study Adventists give. And it's not a Bible study that most people usually stay awake through. So designing mm -hmm. this uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 The, you know, the, going through this whole process, I think it does reflect my, the, the refinement of my understanding of prophecy, because yeah, when you, when you are initially introduced to Bible prophecy, the way that Advent, Adventists understand it. And, you know, I do believe the historicist model is the correct or the best model that we have for prophecy and understanding, you know, Daniel and Revelation. Um, mm. It can come off as, as other side uh, focus, you know, it's like, oh, it's all about the other team, the bad guy. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I go back and read the title. It's like, this is a revelation of Jesus. This is not yeah. about <laughs> what the other side is doing so much. And uh, I mean, yeah, we definitely consider those things, but this is all about rebuilding the kingdom and rebuilding people and reestablishing what has been lost. So this, so my, in, in my personal journey of understanding prophecy and that, uh, you know, revelation is more uh, actually, you know, more of a handbook for how to spread the gospel in the last days rather than, you know, what is the beast doing? What is, you know, what are, what are these, what are these people doing secretly behind doors and, <laughs> you know, conspiracy and collusion and all that. So, yeah, I think this is just doing this arts, this, this project really helped me to kind of process some of those things um, mm. and refocus my attention. Okay. This is about Jesus. This is about his grace, about what he's doing. And, you know, it helped me even 
to kind of reinterpret some of those passages that I thought were about, you know, what the beast and these powers were doing, but really it's, mm. it's really about Jesus and how yeah. the gospels is, is being spread or, you know, instructions essentially on how to reach certain types of people groups and, and what God will be doing, what, what he is yeah. doing, um, yeah. reach out. And, you know, I've, I've had some people ask me, they say, <clears throat> well, if this Bible study says designed for secular outreach, why do you even have prophecy in it? You know, shouldn't it just be about the love of Jesus? And I can, I can understand where that question comes from. Um, but at the same time, like, look, I'm not, I don't try and pretend to, like, know everything about po post-church mission, secular mission. But I can only speak about the experience I have with ministering and discipling lots of secular people. Um, a, Jesus loves me, this I know approach to theology doesn't cut it because they want to know about the injustices of the church they want to know they want to make sense you know they ask questions about you know like the irish protestant war and the incredible suffering that evangelicalism has brought upon people in the lgbt plus community and yeah. they want to understand the crusades and you know like there's these deep things that a romanticized theology of jesus loves me this i know and that's it never really fully addresses and i believe wholeheartedly the sanctuary addresses that and prophecy addresses that and so if if you have a theological framework that cannot contend with the likes of nietzsche or or the likes of dawkins um then you have a theological framework that's essentially not going to be effective in in secular mission because the questions that they ask they're not the same questions we're grown up asking you know like there's not a single bible study for example there's not a single chapter in this study set on how the seventh day is the Sabbath, not Sunday. It brushes on it very quickly, but there isn't like a single entire chapter on that because it's not a question secular people ask. That's a question already Christian people ask when they've been going to church all the time on Sunday and you introduce Sabbath as Saturday, right? Like, then they want to know seven versus first day. Secular people who've never been to church before don't ask that question, so I didn't include right. that as a central theme in the study set. So aiming to answer the questions mm -hmm. that they're asking. And, uh, but what I have found is that it's a myth that the only thing secular people want to hear is Jesus loves me. In fact that <clears throat> that romanticized approach tends to be really off-putting because it doesn't deal with social injustice and systemic injustice and the the incredible humanitarian suffering that people um are trying to process and, and deal with and i think those are things mm. the sanctuary and prophecy taps on really well yeah it's are we going to graduate from the the sunday school thinking into you know higher realms of thought and mm actually processing what's what's really happening in our world around us because yeah. like you said you know there there's there's been a marginalized group of people so many marginalized groups of people throughout history and really it's just people feel like they haven't been heard like mm -hmm. i wish somebody would actually take the time to sit down and listen to my problems listen to what i'm going through and and that's where we the church are you know supposed to step in and say you know god cares he he understands what you're going through he sees you and he cares. And the, the, the way that you know he cares is because I, his representative, am telling you that I'm here for you. And mm. yeah, so this whole idea that, you know, we can just kind of give the sugar-coated version of, of our beliefs are, it's not, it's not going to help anybody, um, mm. you know, get through their, their daily struggles, daily problems. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that, that, you know, that that's been part of your mission and that's uh, a focus of this project. Absolutely, man. Sanctuary depicted really, really beautifully here, really simply. And this is a spread. So when you get to these pages in the book, as the book spreads open, it, it shows the whole image. 
which yeah. is which is which is why I encourage people, even though there's an ebook version, if you can get the print because this was this whole project was designed to really be magical in print. Obviously, I want to have an ebook option because why not? It's the 21st century. Um, but if you if you absolutely don't have to have it, like if you can get the print, get the print, not the ebook, because you're going to be able to appreciate it a lot more in print. Obviously, this is not to scale. You know, they're they're mm -hmm. trying to conform to the format and um, using <laughs> using the space in a tasteful way. So yeah, but just representing, it's more of a representation of a representation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all good. It's all good. So this is part two that we're in right now. For uh, sorry, part three of the study set where it toward the end is sort of fully depicting picture of the sanctuary. I think there's another spread that kind of depicts the whole timeline. Yeah, there it is, right, right there. The whole prophetic timeline of scripture, um, really there toward the end of the book. Yeah, so just really trying to capture the 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 full narrative of scripture. Uh, but of course, as you go through the actual study material itself, it's tying these narratives into things like social justice and, you know, um, the new humanity of Jesus and making it very relevant for what people are contending with in the modern age. One thing we changed was putting these QR codes in uh, for the website. And it does make it a little bit faster, I find, because I would rather not put in, a, uh, I, was, I was getting a package and it didn't you know, I had to sign for it so it didn't come or they didn't leave it. And it was like, oh, scan the QR code so that you can set up a re-delivery time. And it was a little bit easier than, That's right. than having to fumble around with my phone, you know, because it's yeah, yeah. early morning. That's right. But, yeah. Well, that was one of the things that I got is like after every chapter, there's a video reflection. But then you have to like go on your computer on your phone and type in www. and go there. And then, and then you have to scroll and find the chapter that... It, it's like it was annoying. So on the second edition, we're like, you know what? Let's just have QR codes that take you directly mm -hmm. to the video that pertains to this chapter. You can watch the yeah. video reflection. There's some questions that come with it at the end. You can talk about it with your friends. Um, yeah, yeah, just a lot more user-friendly. Yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future when we get to so many versions ahead, you know, the, the version <laughs> edition 36 will have like holograms embedded in those. That's it, man. Like That'd be awesome. Bro. <laughs> and, and Holographic technology. That's it, man. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Yeah, I think I think that we've we've covered uh, pretty much everything. Thank you for taking us through the spread there and showing us. Um, a little bit of the interior and what people can expect as they as they get the book and journey through it. Once again, uh, this study set it goes through all the fundamental beliefs of the um, of the Adventist Church, and it also comes with an online school. And so it does have reflection videos for each chapter, but there's also an online school, a separate online school that it comes with, that is all about how you can use this book effectively, especially if you're discipling your kids, you know, teenagers, youth in your church, or secular friends, people who are unchurched. It, it just walks you through each of the parts in the book. And it gives you some extra resources as well on how you can use this most effectively. Because the one thing you can't do is just grab a book and think that it's like a secret pill that if you just give it to someone, boom, they're going to get baptized. It doesn't work that way. Even if it's designed for them, um, it, there has to be community, there has to be relationship, and there has to be an approach that is tailored for, for that particular audience. So make sure you, um, you check that out. All the information for that is at the very beginning of the book once you get it. Andrew, before we wrap up, I just wanted to um, come back to you and just ask you to share with our audience um, the spaces that you're involved in and where people can find you and, uh, and see your work and, and, and even contact you if they would like to work with you. Yeah, besides all the usual social media, you, know, you can find me on Facebook, you know, Instagram. You can go to my website, 42design.co, 42design.co, and 
Uh, I've also got a uh, link to my store on the page uh, with all the merch so you can purchase the, the road design, the cover design on a whole bunch of different mediums, shirts, posters, uh, coffee mugs, et cetera, et cetera. And as well as some other designs, uh, some original designs by myself. I'll throw yeah. up these links. I'll throw up these links too on on the description of this, so so people can have easy easy click. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll make sure all that's in the uh, in the description in the in the notes. So yeah, but I am I am open for commissions and work, and I also do a little bit of uh, podcast editing, uh, audio editing, and um, just like a whole host of other things. Uh, a little bit of web design if you're looking for. A uh, you know very simple informational site. Uh, I've done some ministry websites, and you know besides all the the regular stuff like logo design, print design for you know brochures, flyers for churches, ministries, but then you know small businesses. So I I really like working with small businesses, helping people communicate, and you know it's affordable and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on, Marcos. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, explain it. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Andrew. Absolutely amazing. Um, it's been, been an absolute joy, pleasure working with you and, and going through this journey. And um, yeah, we really want to encourage you guys, support Andrew, support his work, support what he's, what he's doing, um, not only as a very talented artist, but as someone who's really passionate about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, make sure you give him a shout out and uh, yeah, look up his artwork. And um, if you are in need, and I think you mentioned earlier, you do some, you do some voice work too, because you got a pretty cool voice going on there, man. Like, you know, uh, I, I try, I try, you know, it's <laughs> something, even if you, even if you just have a question about design or art or anything, so anything that we've talked about here, I, you know, I love sitting down with people and doing more like a mentorship role. So I, I would love to help other aspiring artists figure out, you know, kind of what they want to do and where they want to go with their, with their art, their style, their, you know, technique, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I'm also involved with uh, a digital ministry for gamers and creatives uh, called One Accord the Guild. So you can check that out. We've got a, a Discord and we do some streaming and there's a whole bunch of other Christians on there, Adventists who are also, you know, creatives and just a cool place to hang out and, you know, ask those types of questions that we were talking about. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, Andrew Carroll. And once again, you guys, if uh, you are uh, interested in getting a copy of The Road, just head over to thestorychurchproject.com. All the relevant links that you need are there. You can find it on Amazon, but you know, giving you the Amazon.com URL is kind of annoying. So if you just go to the storychurchproject.com, you'll find the links on there. It'll take you straight through there, uh, straight to, to the Amazon link. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. God bless you. And I hope you have an amazing next week of life. Take care and God bless.